I'm RDA, my boy Lance. We are the late round flyers, ready to continue talking some fantasy football. Because even though it is the offseason, we are ready to keep talking because football does not stop. Baseball season may be around the corner. Even basketball season is going on the way. Hockey is even going on right now as we speak. But we are here to speak fully on fantasy football because the offseason is wild. Not only did free agency just happen, I mean, some trades have been going down. Lance, I mean, just just in general over the past couple of weeks, it's the last time we got together from one city, literally about 100 miles later, wherever you are, where you are. Like, how do you feel about so far this NFL offseason thus far? Like, what kind of mindset are you in right now, ready for fantasy football to start up in a few months? Well, I'm definitely on the road getting pumped up. You know, we got the draft almost upon us. We've got some trades going on in, in real life uh, NFL. And um, I will say, though, just as a general sense, and I know we're going to do a deep dive into this later in the show, free agency has been kind of um, subpar, um, kind of hasn't lived up to expectations. Either guys were staying uh, with their respective teams where we thought they were going to go somewhere else or – it's been some really bad situations that um, if you have somebody like a David Johnson or somebody that they're maybe in a worse situation, but real quick. So before we get into all of that, though, I want to talk about uh, Twitter etiquette. Okay. Go ahead. I just want to know, am, am I wrong here? You know, if you make a, someone makes a comment and you respond to it, in this case, it was sports related and the opinion was pretty stupid, but you know, I said, get the fuck out of here. LOL. Now, I thought when you put LOL in a tweet and a response, it kind of means you are jokingly like maybe there's some truth to it, but it's not too disrespectful. True. If you put LOL in a tweet, what, what would your response be? Or what would you be thinking? Or what do you think when you do that? Well, I mean, if it's LOL, I mean, you're like, obviously the person has, like you said, maybe it's not a full tweet that is actually fully meaningful in a certain way. But I mean, at the end of the day, social media shouldn't be taken that seriously to begin with i mean literally no what no one can text certain words that can actually hurt you at the end of the day you can just ignore the text and go on about your life you can do that with instagram or our twitter like it doesn't really matter but adding lol like hey man jokes on you man grow up it's just a joke man at the end of the day social media doesn't dictate what happens to you in real life so grow up man just keep on keeping on well i just give some quick context to this this guy that i follow on my personal account if you want to follow me, I'm at Elmo1024. Check it out if you want to know my non-football opinions, and you'll definitely find out a lot about where I stand on things. But so this guy, I follow on the Dolphins. I think he's like a Dolphins beat writer for Sports Illustrated or something. Anyways, long story short, he says he's commenting on this article that says, is the idea of the Dolphins taking Justin Fields with the third overall pick, and this is at the time, uh, is it really that far-fetched? Is it even far-fetched at all, or is it actually sensible? I give my comment back, right? And then this guy, he responds back. He quote tweets me and says, you can disagree, but do it respectfully, will you? So I just said, you know, so sensitive, dude. Like, I'll just unfollow. No, no worries. But, like, did it really warrant like that? I mean, I, I know we're sensitive as a society this day and age, but, I mean – Come on, man. Fields to the Dolphins at three is a bullshit take. I'm sorry. I don't give a hell who you are. It's terrible. If they're going to take anybody at three, Zach Wilson. It ain't going to be no bust Ohio State quarterback that's proven year after year. They're not going to take a guy like that. 100%. I mean, I definitely don't see Fields going there. Um, obviously, that this was prior to the trade that went on. But 
appeals to the Dolphins to me just doesn't make any sense. Uh, if anything, I, I, you you could have made the case for either a Jamar Chase or wide receiver to pair up with Tua or even a Panay Sewell, someone to go out there and block for your young quarterback that you just drafted the year prior to that. So, I mean, everyone has their take, so to each their own. I'm definitely not going to bash it for whatever you think at the end of the day. This is sports. I mean, literally anything could happen. There are plenty of times that people say X thing won't happen, but then it happens, and then you're like, bam, oh, crap. Wow, this person's actually insane. Myself, I'm a beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys, and last year during my mock drafts, I had C.D. Lamb being picked at 17 to the Cowboys. I got bashed. Oh, don't get me wrong. People came at me all kind of way. I'm a <laughs> stupid person. You're an idiot. Go fuck yourself. I mean, people said some crazy stuff to me, and I'm like, that's fine. I have nothing better to do in my life than to make mock drafts anyways. Then what happens? C.D. Lamb gets taken. Bam. Shit. Like, literally, the NFL is, is a crazy place, so anything could happen. But at the end of the day, social media, seriously, is not a place to be taken seriously. Not just Twitter, but Instagram, Facebook. If, if for some reason you're still on MySpace, like, social media should <laughs> not dictate what goes on in your actual life. Like, don't be so sensitive, man. I get it. People say something that you disagree with, grow up. It is what it is. Keep on keeping on. That, that's just the way I see it. I'm still on uh, Friendster if you want to hit me up on there, buddy. Oh, there you go. Hey, I'm definitely about to go friend you on there, man. We're about to hey, be best pals. Uh, on your lamb take, though, do you think more people were bashing you for that pick because they didn't think any NFL team would be stupid enough to let him fall that far? Because that really would have been my take on it is yep. I wouldn't have believed that he would have landed uh, that far down. And that was everyone's point. Uh, I mean, everyone came at me with their insults, and I was like, that's fine. And everyone said the same thing. CD won't make it there because he's too good to fall that far. And I agreed. But to me, I just ran one scenario out of my three mock drafts. It was my second one that I did it in. And I was like, you know what? If anything, in this scenario, I had the Raiders, the, the Raiders being the one stupid team to say, hey, you know what? Henry Ruggs runs a 4-1 or whatever the hell he runs. Let's take it because they're the Raiders. They don't, they don't think to themselves, hey, is he, is he a good player? No, they just think to themselves, he's hella fast. Let's take him. So – they screwed it up for me. I appreciate them. They made me look good, so thank you for that. But at the end of the day, I mean, the NFL draft, like, dead around the corner. And, and speaking of that, I mean, you being a Dolphins fan, I know you have to love what just happened these past couple of hours from the day that we're recording this. But the Miami Dolphins moved from pick three. They bounced back all the way to number 12 with a 49ers trade. They gained a uh, – obviously, they swapped first-rounders this year. They gained a first-rounder next year in 2022. In 2023, they also gained a first-rounder, and they actually gained a third-round comp pick from the 49ers for this season as well. On top of that, the Miami Dolphins switched up again and traded up to the sixth pick with the Philadelphia Eagles giving up next year's first-round pick, which they'll still have the 49ers, so that, that doesn't matter to those guys right at the moment. And now they're sitting at six, but they gained the number six pick, and they gained two first-rounders. Like, it's ridiculous the amount of stuff that – the Dolphins have done within the last 24 hours of us actually talking about this. So going forward, like with the draft, what's your take on this? Like what are the 49ers trading up to? What are the uh, Miami Dolphins doing moving up, moving up from 12 to six again? What are the Philadelphia Eagles thinking when they're, when they're about to have three first rounders next year, if Carson Wentz can get the Colts to the playoffs. You mean hurts? No, 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 no. Because if Carson Wentz gets the Colts to the playoffs, that second rounder becomes a first rounder next year for the oh, Eagles. Oh, I'm with you. Oh, got got mm-hmm. you. I, I I follow you. Yeah, you know, and um, our boy Garrett, who we had on the pod a while back, he was telling me earlier today too. There was a story out there that the Eagles were actually trying to trade up 
to the to the second pick. Um, had you heard anything about that? I mean, it didn't work out, but had you heard anything on that? I mean, I, I could definitely see that because a part of me would also would have literally hurt because obviously we're we're personally real high on on Jalen Hurts, but if they went to number two, more than likely it would be for either Fields because that's what maybe they think he's a good quarterback or Zach Wilson at a BYU. Either way, they would more than likely make that trade for a quarterback. But now switching back to 12, I think this solidifies that Jalen Hurts will more than likely be the guy going forward for at least this season, if anything. They need to get, as far as Philly goes, they need to get a wide receiver, I think, again, at pick 12. You know, maybe they could get uh, Rashad Bateman, Waddle. You know, um, I'm not as good at this draft stuff and predicting guys like probably you are, obviously, with the Lamb call, which was amazing. But, you know, looking at the top story of the day with what the Dolphins did. Yes. Um, I am a big Miami fan and I was super excited to see what Chris, Chris Greer is doing down there in Miami. Him and Flores really make a pretty badass team because here we are in season three of a rebuild. They're coming off a 10 win season. Didn't even make the playoffs, but yet they are now in place to put some additional tools around Tua. And we're going to get to the Will Fuller signing too. But I think at the sixth pick, I think they're either going to go Pitts, that tight end out of Florida, who seems to be a once-in-a-lifetime player, and also uh, Jamar Chase. Mm. Because unless Sewell falls to them at six, which I doubt it because Cincinnati will definitely grab him at five, they're going to be able to get one of those skilled players. So if you're talking about an offense going into next season, with Tua having around him possibly Jamar Chase or Pitts, Devontae Parker – and Will Fuller, along with, I still think they're going to get one of those running backs, either Javante Williams, Najee Harris, or Travis Etienne. That offense looks pretty good. And as we know, too, that defense was really good last year as well. And they're yeah. going to build on that. Up and coming, my friend, these these trades today, they're just continuing to stockpile these draft picks. And I think that's what's genius about it. And from what I'm hearing, and you know this, again, better than I would, the quarterback class is terrible next year so these teams trading up that's why they're giving up the farm because this may be it for a while right yeah no definitely the quarterbacks coming out next season i mean there's literally no one to obviously the trevor lawrence hype that's been going around maybe you have someone that has a zach wilson or uh the, the guy that got drafted to the joe burrows the guy that went to the Bengals. maybe a guy that has a, a one-year phenomenal kind of a year that just explodes Trey lance was that guy this season Unless you have one of those guys, this draft class for quarterbacks doesn't seem very – nothing to get excited about next season. So, I mean, that's, that's obviously why these big trades are happening right now. The 49ers going up to number three, it brings a question. Are they going to stick with Jimmy G? Uh, even though they have just said after they made the trade, Jimmy G's our guy. But, I mean, you don't trade three first-rounders and a third-rounder for a left tackle. You you could have got the USC tackle that at, at pick 12. Maybe you could have got a Rashawn Slater at like pick eight if you traded up that high. But you traded up to number three, more than likely Jimmy G is out the door. I just don't see that happening. But until then, I mean, the Miami Dolphins, five picks in the top 81. Like you said, they're going to build on that defense. And I can see someone like, uh, like you said, one of those receivers being at pick 12, uh, at pick six, and then, or maybe Kyle Pitts. And then at 18, they double back with a running back and just add, a, add Harris or Etienne to that offense, give two with some help. And you never know. I mean, year two in, in this offense, now they have a full off season with no COVID. Well, I mean, COVID's still going on, but now they actually have, you know, OTAs and things like that to go over. So 
maybe to a year two actually uh, flourishes in Flores' offense. So we'll see what happens over the with the Miami Dolphins. Exciting stuff, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, in other news, uh, for obviously the Philadelphia Eagles straight back to twelve again. Jalen Hurts looking fairly nice right now at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They uh, ju- just to get a quick jump on the on the free agency because obviously we have a ton of free agency things to cover right now. It's gonna be an absolute just abundancy of free agent moves that are talking right that we're about to get into. But sticking with the Eagles, the Joe Flacco signing, obviously not a guy that's gonna go in there and hopefully not take the job of Jalen Hurts. But can, can this be the guy that the kind of guy that just goes in there and mentors him, shows him maybe how to get some better ball movement and some better ball placement? Because even though personally I'm not a big Joe Flacco guy, everyone was kind of fond of his accuracy down in Baltimore. And, you know, he made some things happen at times. Is there anything that maybe he could do to get Jalen Hurts his status a little bit higher up in the fantasy football world? No, I, I, I don't. I, well, as far as bumping Hurts' value up, hell yeah. Because Flacco is almost like the perfect guy that you want to see signed with a team like Philadelphia with a young quarterback, quarterback like that. Because what it does now is this upcoming season, Philadelphia, I don't think they anticipate on winning much. They're more of like in a rebuild. So, therefore, seeing Hurts out there, they got going to have a full season to see what he can do. He is going to have some offensive weapons. I think Miles Sanders is also in – for a big season. And I think he's a little bit underrated right now. Maybe that changes closer to the season, but with Hertz, you know, a guy like Flacco, is it going to make him worry about his job? He has, feels like he's going to now have that security that he's, the job is his this year and he's got to prove himself just like he did at the end of last year. So at least in redraft, you can take Jalen Hurts and knowing that you're going to have, I think, again, like I said, last time, the top, six quarterback for this season based on his rushing ability alone and a signing like Flacco just reinforces hopefully and again things can change in a dime in the NFL we know this hell the Eagles could still take freaking I don't know Mac Jones with that 12th pick who the hell knows although I heard a rumor that Mac Jones may be going to the Niners too with that third pick that would would be be ridiculous yeah be stupid but um as far as Philly, though, and Hurts, and I think it's all systems go for this guy. And if they do get him, say, another receiver at 12, when you got Rieger there, you know, the young stud, Miles Sanders, and then they get this other receiver. We still don't know, too, what's interesting about Philly, Zach Ertz. Like, are they actually going to trade him, or is he going to stay? And if he stays, that, you know, brings Goddard's value down where we thought it was going to maybe go up because I had no way, in no way thought that Ertz was going to going to stay in Philly. So I, I don't know what they're doing with that either. Yeah, no, honestly, that, that tight end situation, again, back to tight ends just being a position that I truly hate. Tight ends are on the same level as kickers and defense for me. Like, I I freaking hate these people just Unless you Kelsey. Yeah, you know what, Kelsey. Or uh, Pitts. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what, Pitts, depending on where he goes, you know what? Yeah. Depending, obviously, he's a great talent, so in dynasty-wise, pick him up, but Redraft leagues, I'd consider it maybe not taking him as high, depending on where he gets drafted to. Like, if for some reason the 49ers are the – they wouldn't do it because they have George Kittle. But uh, uh, you never know, like, the maybe, maybe the Bengals or something take a shot at him. Like, that would be great, but so many weapons out there. Like, I'm not I'm not about to take that shot in a redraft league. Dynasty-wise, 100%. But You know where I would – we'll get into this, obviously, in the next pod or whatever. But you know where I want to see Pitts end up? Go ahead. 
other than Miami, because Miami, <laughs> Gasicki's there, but Chargers, bro. Oh, my God. Just go replace Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I love it. Do you that, imagine that. Herbert, Keenan, Eckler, and Pitts? And Mike Jeez. Williams. Uh, if he can stay healthy, yeah. yeah but Wait, mainly those other four guys. Do you think the potential for Kyle Pitts and Justin Herbert, again, this is super hypothetical because it hasn't happened, but that combo, any kind of chance that they could be an Antonio Gates, Phillip Rivers kind of a duo? Yes. Hell yes. Twice over. Yeah. Four, dude, like, bro, like, I, that would be awesome. That, that would be awesome. I mean, if you can get him in a dynasty, that duo just hooking up all day, beast mode. You're, I mean, you're welcome. Um, a couple other quarterbacks, they decided to flip the script and obviously change jerseys and make some different changes to their lives. Good old Fitz Magic, the beard. It goes from Miami, obviously, you know, tutoring and mentoring a, a bit of Tua. He's switching to, I believe, his ninth team in the NFL, which is ridiculous. He said it himself. Every game is a revenge game because he's played in almost everywhere. Like, it's ridiculous for this man. But now he joins the Washington football team. How do you see this man, you know, doing anything over there with Washington? They got rid of Alex Smith. Dewey Haskins ended up getting cut and picked up by the Steelers. They they had that kid from the um, XFL still going on over there and Kyle Allen. But is Ryan Fitzmagic any, any consideration worth a fantasy football spot on your roster? I, I think he definitely is, um, especially if you're looking for, like, a stopgap quarterback in Dynasty. Like, let's say, you know, you drafted uh, Watson, Deshaun Watson in a startup. And and I'm saying this because the last part I told you guys, you know, I took Watson in a couple of these. Um, Fitzpatrick is a nice guy that if you can get at a reasonable price, he can help you get through this season not knowing what's going to happen with Watson. And so – for one year, I think he's going to be valuable. Now, you do have, like you mentioned, Kyle Allen resigned, uh, Taylor Heineke, who looked really good in that game, playoff game against yep. Tampa. It's, But I do think, number one, Washington would not have signed Fitzpatrick if they weren't looking to win this year because they know that defense has obviously gotten better. And they've got studs in McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, your boy. And so they need a quarterback. I mean, you look at what those guys did with Alex Smith, not knocking Alex Smith, but he wasn't the best. He had a great comeback, but as far as like production and what he can do for the guys around him, Fitzpatrick is really going to be able to step up and really make those guys even more valuable. Like if Fitzpatrick, if we know he's going to start the whole season, McLaurin's going to be a top four wide receiver. Oh, yeah, big time. I, I'm super high on Scary Terry this season. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I, the one guy that I, I do maybe fall back on is maybe like Logan Thomas, simply because, I mean, Ryan Fitzmagic just doesn't seem to have that connection with tight ends as much. But I don't know, T- though. He, he he had a pretty decent connection with Gesicki. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, did, mean, he did have some good games with Gesicki, but, I mean, maybe there's Gesicki, there's a reason why he was taking the first round. He's that good. And Logan Thomas did start coming into his own this past season. It's just for me, the trust factor is not there yet. Maybe if after like yeah. week one, he gets at least seven targets, then I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll bite, I'll bite the bullet on him and take him in a few weeks as a maybe plug and play every once in a while. But overall, Logan Thomas for me, just with the Fitz Magic train, ah, it's a bit well, dicey I, on my end. I think there's something to that too on what you're saying because let's also look at, 
you know, the old adage, there's only so many mouths to feed, right? Yep. Now you got McLaurin, you got Logan Thomas, and guess who else they added in free agency? Oh, good Curtis old Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Yep. You yep. know, so there's there's a lot going on there. But focusing back on Fitz, I tell you, in redraft, I, I almost like might if depending on how many leagues I would do, which I'm not planning on doing near as many as I did last year. But if I had like say on on a, if I was doing a lot of leagues, I would in a couple of them, I would almost completely push my quarterback position to take them, take a couple of them, like in the last couple of rounds, and take like a Fitzpatrick, Matthew Stafford, if he's there. Um, hell, depending on what happens with Sam Darnold, if he goes somewhere else and gets out of New York, if the Jets do trade him, mm-hmm. maybe that's a better situation. And you can sit there with those guys and play matchups each week and really bolster up the other part of your roster. Now, I'm not saying I would do that in, like, serious money leagues. I would want to meet, do it more as, like, a to see what would kind of happen. But yep. Fitz is one of those guys. I mean, we saw last year he was a really productive fantasy quarterback. And I think – no, I don't think. I know these offensive weapons in Washington this year are better than what he had in Miami last year. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, plus I love the, the emotion he showed. I mean, once they benched him for Tua, it, it was expected. There's a reason they took Tua. So I don't blame the Dolphins one bit. But I love seeing the emotion that he had in that conference uh, that he had. Just, you know, he was like, yo, this is my team. Like, I felt this was my squad. So, I, I still see that love for football in Fitzmagic. I could definitely see him going in there and giving the NFC East a run for their money. Um, uh, last oh. point on that. Just last thing. On the flip side of it, I don't think Fitzpatrick was going to sign anywhere if he didn't think he would be the starter as well. Very true. Yep, very true. So, he's definitely going to go in there and uh, push whatever quarterbacks are in there, at least to their limits. He'll, he'll make the other guys better, but – He's definitely not one to shy away from that starting position. Um, to get going, uh, one more quarterback that I want to get into, the quarterback for good old Chi-Town. I mean, the Twitter for the Bears actually went out and posted QB1. QB1? Be, that's right. Andy Dalton, Mr. TCU man himself out of Texas, went <laughs> to go play with the Bengals, stepped in for the Cowboys and did some things, but now steps in to a house rocking in the Windy City. Has to go place Aaron Rodgers. He has to go up against Kirk Cousins and uh, Jared Goff over there. So how do you see the Andy Dalton situation uh, coming about with the Bears and now Andy Dalton in his new position over there? I mean, as far as fantasy goes, Andy Dalton isn't, isn't, isn't really worth much at all, in my opinion. But what I do think it makes me feel slightly better about is Allen Robinson's situation. Not that Andy Dalton is some great quarterback, but we did see when he took over for Dak's injury and after he got over COVID that uh, CeeDee Lamb had some value and he didn't lose it completely. And Amari Cooper had some value. So did Michael Gallup. So at least Andy Dalton is a serviceable enough quarterback that I think if you have Allen Robinson on your team or if you do draft him, uh, you don't have to worry so much. And he did sign that tender, I think. From what I had heard, yep. he signed the franchise. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm happy. I feel better about A-Rob with the Dalton signing, but really that's, you know, that's about it as far as he goes. Yeah, no, Andy Dalton, I mean, I can see him going undrafted in most 12-man leagues anyways, mm-hmm. unless you're in a very deep league. Maybe you're in a 14- or 16-man league because you're insane and you want to play that. <laughs> Go ahead, man, be my guest. But Andy Dalton for me just – I don't think he'd be on any of my rosters unless, like, injuries struck left and right on me. Um, 
So next we're going to keep moving on uh, the running back situation because we talked about the Texans, how they have an insane one, but the first running backs that we'll get to and for agency are the ones that decided to go back home. Uh, we have Leonard Fournette going back to the Bucks. We have Chris Carson going back to the Seahawks and we have good old Aaron Jones who has 35 touchdowns in the last two seasons re-signing with the Packers. I mean, this guy just phenomenal pickup again by the Packers. No more Jamal Williams. All you have to worry about is that kid that they drafted this past year. But going forward, I mean, these three running backs, what are your thoughts on them and them going back home in a place that they already know? All right, so we'll start off with Aaron Jones. This is great for him and really good for him because he gets paid – you know, we didn't think he was going to go back there after they didn't franchise him. Yep. And apparently the Green Bay Packers had a plan all along, and I like it. You know, we knew definitely one of the two between him and Williams was going to go. We, we felt pretty confident about that. And after they didn't do the franchise uh, deal for Jones, man, there were people out there thinking A.J. Dillon might be the RB1 there. Oh, and yeah. I think there was a small window that if you uh, had him, you could have probably traded him and – Got something decent for. Yes. Uh, so, and then if you're on the flip side, you probably feel like an ass clown for uh, trading doing, for him. <laughs> trading for him. Yeah. Um, so, but Jones has now job security. He's got money security. He's he's going, he's staying home where he has a great rapport with Aaron Rodgers and all of those guys. So fire him up. I think in redrafts, he's going to be a top 10 pick. Mm. Um A.J. Dillon will be there to spell him. But let's keep in mind, A.J. Dillon is a different kind of running back than Jamal Williams. You know, Jamal Williams could catch the ball out of the backfield. He handled the full workload when Jones was hurt and actually won you some fantasy championships a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. in that stretch run. So looking at the situation now, Dillon has some value. He does have some value. I think, though, if you're drafting Aaron Jones in your redraft league, you definitely need to maybe pay up a little bit in the draft to get A.J. Dillon as his handcuff because Dillon can play. We've seen that, Mm -hmm. but he just needs the opportunity. So Aaron Jones we love. Uh, Chris Carson, that was another shock, you know, um, because I thought if they really wanted him, they would have re-signed him. Exactly. You know, Prior, way prior so he goes back that's a great situation um again um Rashad Penny owners are probably kicking themselves Very um nice. so you know that that kind of sucks for them but you know still I'm happy for Chris Carson this is another good dude that hasn't had necessarily the best luck with injuries but he's in a good situation that Pete Carroll loves him and it's a it's it's a great offense so he's going to be definitely an RB2 next season I'm really excited Uh, about him and happy and then Leonard Fournette all I have to say is like poor Ronald Jones man oh my god yeah I was about to say you know what Ronald Jones just can't seem to catch a break here I I, you know so but good for Fournette did you happen to see the terms of that deal because I didn't it's just a one-year deal so he's not back like on a long-term betting chance but Ronald Jones this is also his contract year so I know he wanted it to be a lonesome year where he could get the bulk of the carries and go out and break the bank the following season. But with Leonard Fournette back, that, that duo right there, like for NFL teams, great job. Hey, man, you know what? You're saving money. You're paying two running backs less. These guys can share the workload. One goes down, you still have a good running back. For for fantasy football players, it sucks because now you're like, well, which one of these SOBs is going to be the guy for this game? And now you're stuck maybe having to handcuff someone, and that ties up one of your bench spot that actually can come very much in handy. 
Yeah, I totally agree, man. We're seeing a lot of these backfields that we were hoping to get unmurkied or unfiltered out, whatever word you want to use, where we maybe we did have some clarity on that. We're not getting, and in some cases, it's even worse. Tampa Bay definitely is one of those situations. And I still remember there were those Keyshawn Vaughn truthers um, last year in the preseason that were hyping this motherfucker up. And yep. he couldn't have been more of a bust at the moment. But I hate saying that because it's only one season. And, you know, Ronald Jones was a bust after his first year. You know, let's not forget mm-hmm. that either. Yep. But Tampa, you know, they're just literally – doing the best football moves that they can. And as far as that goes, the Fournette signing is pretty awesome. The tricky thing is going to be when your drafts come around this summer, where do you take, uh, where do you take Jones? Where do you take Fournette? I, I, I don't have an answer for you, man. To be honest, I'm hoping in those early rounds, I'm getting two running backs that I know there's roles and situations like an Aaron Jones and an Eckler or even I'll even take a Mixon, and if you you know you get like a, a Saquon because I think Mixon is going to fall in some of these drafts. So if you have oh, like yeah. a top three pick, you get Saquon McCaffrey, and then you can get a Mixon. Hell, you might even be able to get Eckler there in the end of that second on that turn. Um, definitely possible. I do not like these other running back situations like Fournette's in. I don't. Yeah, no. Honestly, it's it's terrible, and uh, that there are plenty of other backfields again that are pretty messy. One of the ones that I want to get to real quick is the one from the Houston Texans. Mm. They picked up Ingram as soon as he got cut from the Baltimore Ravens, and they already have David Johnson that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for. God, I hate you guys, Texans. You traded away, like, one of the best receivers ever for David Johnson. Like, that has to suck already, so I'm not going to keep piling on. So you have David Johnson, Mark Ingram to begin with, and then they signed good old Philip Lindsay, a guy that, I mean, he tore it up in Denver when he had the chance. Last year he had a few injuries, but now that's three running backs in a very, very crowded backfield. How do you go about handling that problem right there? Like any one of these guys should be like six, seven running uh, round running backs. No, no, no. I, right. At least, at least not not Ingram. We can go ahead and mark him off. Okay. Oh. If the Baltimore Ravens think he's done. There's a reason he they, they they did not re-sign him. Number well, okay, they have Dobbins, they have Edwards, but if they still thought Mark Ingram could play, you're telling me that they couldn't have signed him to that same deal. Yep, true. You know, so I think in Houston he's more of a, a placeholder. He's just there for, you know, um, I don't know to to be a cheerleader, whatever you want to call it. You know, so I really think it's it's David Johnson and it's Lindsey are the two guys that you're really focusing on now you could snag Ingram in like the last round of your draft and you're just needing to take some chances on some RBs, maybe you take him there because maybe David Johnson gets hurt or maybe Ingram has a LeGarrette Blunt type role that he had in New England mm. where they were just giving him the ball at the goal line and he was getting a touchdown a game or whatever it may be. And there's some value in that, but it, it, if you're not getting him in the last round, it ain't worth the bother. Now, what's interesting with Philip Lindsay, I'm most happy that he's the hell out of Denver because now Melvin Gordon can run that backfield. Yes. Come on. I got some shares of him in these dynasty leagues, and I tell you, he did good when he was in a committee, but now I don't think Royce Freeman is challenging anybody on any role unless it's, you know, um, if he can eat more hamburgers in in, in a minute span or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but no. Rush Freeman, he, he's done for me. I'm going. I'm full in 
on Melvin Gordon, especially after last year. I mean, while Philip Lindsay was away, Melvin Gordon was definitely playing. I mean, he was doing his thing out there. And uh, that was one of the things that we actually got into in a few episodes on when you should trade uh, Melvin Gordon. And once Philip Lindsay came back, it was obviously that by then it was already too late. Melvin Gordon had already played some of his best games during that part of the season. So uh, let's continue, though, because, again, there are so many free agency moves that are everywhere. And another crowded backfield that I want to get into. This one, maybe not as bad as the Texans, but it could be just as icy. Last week, Chicago. Talk, I, I was just, Don't you know what? We'll skip it. Mother trucker. No, we'll, you can. Okay. Let's get right. into it. Let's go. The only reason I wanted to bring it up, because last week we had said there was a Monty. trade. That you, yeah, the Monty for, I believe, Robinson. for Robinson. That's right, yeah. for James Robinson, that trade. And I had said that I would have taken the Monty, and you obviously took the James Robinson, the James Robinson uh, train. And it turns out the Bears just completely wanted to screw me. They're like, you know what? You suck anyways, and they just wanted to bury me. They go out and pick up Damian Williams, who gets cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. So now they have Damian Williams, a guy that had a great year before he decided to opt out of the 2020 season due to COVID. They still have Monty, who... It was honestly on a tear last year, but with no Tariq Cohen. And Tariq Cohen himself, who got paid prior to getting hurt and is now on his way back to prove that he was worth all that money. That's another running back situation that I absolutely hate. Like, NFL-wise, great job. You guys are running your team very well with running backs. But fantasy football-wise, man, I hate these guys. Like, they are officially the enemy. The Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears, I'm (laughs) done with both of you. I would worry more about Cohen than Damian Williams. Can I say something real quick on Damian, though? This guy, first of all, he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. I I love Mahomes, but Williams was was the guy that won that game for them. Um, This poor guy, so he opts out of the season last year due to COVID. Uh, From what I heard, too, it's a terrible story. Like, his mom had cancer. And so that was why he opted out so he could take care of her during COVID. And then this guy comes back and then he gets released. And I'll be honest, when, when I first heard the news that he had opted out, I wondered if he was ever going to be back, um, at least with the Chiefs. And, you know, sure enough, it happened. And that makes sense from the Chiefs' standpoint. Daryl Williams has looked good. He got it Lair. We know the story there. So I'm happy that he got another job. I don't think him signing there really affects Monty too much because Monty is still, I think, Chicago's guy. Um, Tariq Cohen is the one to be more worried about because he's going to play on those third round, uh, those third downs, and he's going to catch the ball, and he's coming off that injury. And with him not being there last year, Monty was able to shine along with the, the easy schedule that we know about. But I think you're being too too hard on yourself, or at least on the Bears, as far as the fantasy situation. Um, Monty, I think, is still going to do well. I don't. He's not going to do what he did last year. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been advocating trading him last podcast. But I do think, though, that he's still got value. He's still going to be an RB two, and I think if you have him on your roster, um, there's there's nothing to nothing to fear. You know. Now we go back to that trade, Monty versus Robinson. So we see. Mm-hmm. The Bears signed Williams, and did you see who the Jaguars signed as competition for James Robinson? Uh, I didn't catch that one, no. Hyde. Oh, yeah, yeah, Carlos that, That's why I didn't write it down because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So I do feel still – I guess I'll take this to my grave at this point. I will take James Robinson over oh, David yeah. Montgomery 
Um, right now, I feel even better about that mm-hmm. uh, than I did before because I don't think Jacksonville, seeing that, that if Carlos Hyde is there just as a placeholder again uh, to back Robinson up, the only thing is, is with Robinson on him real quick, you know, their offense is going to be a lot better this year. And so there may not be as many volume opportunities for him to touch the ball because Lawrence is going to be there and shark and they just signed. We'll get into it. I'm sure Marvin Jones. Um, so, but the times he's going to touch the ball is going to be high volume. So I think Robinson is still going to be good to go as a back end RB one, maybe even middle tier. Um, but it's still, man, it's, it's a fascinating trade. Those two guys, I'm really interested to just kind of watch their seasons go along and see how they do one against, against one another. Already. Um, the, the next one I want to get into, this one, right now at the moment, it doesn't seem like a real sexy team to talk about when it comes to running back. But I think the running back position will be affected when it comes draft time with this team. And I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons. They obviously went out and got themselves some Mike Davis in their lives. Todd Gurdy is still a free agent out there, so I'm not really sure how that, that process is going to go, if they're going to re-sign him. Le'Veon Bell's in our, a, a free agent, then maybe those a-holes decide to take a shot with him, but... I think in the draft, that's where the team like the Falcons in round two, maybe they go out there and snag someone that could run the rock to pair up with Mike Davis. But as of right now, is Mike Davis a liable option for fantasy football? If Mike Davis goes into the season as their RB1, meaning Atlanta doesn't draft someone, at least not in the first like few rounds. Yep. They don't take your Najee Harris or Etienne or somebody. Um, Mike Davis, I really do think – I think he could be an RB1 on that offense because if you look at – obviously, Arthur Smith is the new head coach there. Where did he come from? Tennessee. Oh, man. Who was their running back? Yeah. You know? Now, I'm not saying by no means – calm your tits, okay? I'm not saying that Mike Davis is Derrick Henry. Shut the – you know, get out of here with that. I'm not saying that. I see the look on your face. But um, what I am saying, though, is Arthur Smith loves his running backs. And a guy like Mike Davis, I feel like, is similar to Henry as far as he's more of like a pound, ground to pound. You know, he can't catch the ball a little bit better than Henry out of the backfield. But Mm -hmm. if he goes into the season, I I would love to have him on my team. Now, one of the guys in my dynasty leagues had an offer to get Mike Davis. He's running back needy. And the offer was Julio Jones for Mike Davis. Now, again, this is dynasty, and this guy is running back needy. My advice I told him was – don't do it right now. Wait till after the draft and then see what happens. But if they don't draft anybody, I'm all for it. But oh, yeah. you don't want to do it now when you can wait and see what happens. But I think that is a fair deal on the surface if you're going into a, a season like this. That I think that's a fair deal on both ends, and uh, it helps everybody. Oh, no, 100%. I mean, everybody comes out a winner, which in most fantasy trades, it's it's it should be where – both of you benefit. I mean, either at positions of needs or maybe with bye week help, but it should be where the, you know, you swap players and you both benefit from it. Even though you, there are leagues where everyone tries to get over on everyone and whatever. I mean, you play in those leagues, not me. So you do your thing. Uh, one of the more fascinating running back free agency ads that I wanted to get into, and this will be the last one for the running backs, but Kenyon Drake, a guy that had a very good year over there with the Arizona Cardinals. And obviously the Raiders already have Josh Jacobs. That running back duo is very, very good if you're playing on Madden or if you're playing in real life. But for fantasy football purposes, I do not like this one bit. 
can the Vegas Raiders, Oakland Raiders, whatever the hell they are these days, can they just go jump off a cliff, man? They didn't even need to spend that kind of money on Drake. Like, that's the thing. Did you not have other needs like offensive line help? Or, hell, I would even say receiver help because you lost Aguilar, yep. and we just talked about Rug, so maybe he'll do okay, but who knows? <laughs> you know, so I mean, um, like, what are we doing here? You know, this – this is one of those that kills everybody, right? If you're a Jacobs owner, you're screwed. If you're a Drake owner, you're screwed. Unless one of them gets hurt and the other gets the backfield fully, that's the only situation I like. But I tell you that Drake name is probably going to have him going a little bit higher in redrafts. Like even sixth round, I'm not comfortable taking him there. I'm, I'm I'm not, and I love Drake. You know, I I, I do everywhere yep, he's yep. gone, but um, where, and do I wish value, it, where do you value Josh Jacobs now that Kenyon is the guy that's hanging out right behind him? He's a top end RB two. Mm. You know, like which is sad though, but that's a downgrade. Yep. Two years ago, he was a middle tier RB one. Yep, and now it's like they don't even. It's like they don't trust the guy. They can't. You know, they never have thrown the ball to him, and the dude can ball. Like, let him – like, you're trying to have Devon say Booker take over his job last year. Now you signed Kevin – you know, Kenyon Drake. Where This boy's confidence, Jacobs, man. Like, where is it at right now? I. So, if you own him, I would not draft him in an upcoming league for – redraft for this season, end of the second round. Okay, that's fair. I might be happy with him, like, end of second, early third. That, 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 that's a fair spot because, again, just I hate the Vegas Raiders so much for this. Like, you didn't have to go add him. Had you gone out and added maybe a Jamal Williams, maybe that would have made a little more sense. But come on, to get Kenyon Drake, who was coming off a very good year with the Cardinals, like, get, get, the, get the hell out of here, man. I'm about tired of you guys. And it's, it's those signings like that and – the 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 Mark Ingrams and Fournette's like you said are what would have what made this free agency period just ass man like badass too like not good ass you know like I don't know not good <laughs> hey either way I mean just running backs they're they're all over the place and uh we'll, we'll continue we'll, we'll shift gears here we'll go to receivers because receiver wise these guys have been flipping switches left and right these are guys that have been moving. And we'll kick things off with the AFC East over there. Because You're not going to start with my prediction? Uh, no, 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 right? no, We don't want to kick that off yet? Oh, I mean, we can. Out the gate, we'll switch it up. We'll go to the NFC East. Because you did say prior, I mean, prior to the NFL free agency beginning, Kenny Galladay will get himself thrown into the New York Giants. And guess what? Danny Dimes has himself somebody brand new to throw to the ball. And his name is John Ross. I'm just kidding. I mean, John Ross is there. Don't get me wrong. But is that Kenny Galladay, John Ross uh, for the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> Most people forget about him. I mean, everyone does because, again, they just drafted him because he could run a 4-4-2. Isn't he like a, a worse version of Darius Slayton anyways? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, I feel like that guy's receiver four right now. He's behind Sturdy Shepard and Darius Slayton. Like, he'll be lucky to, like, maybe see, like, 200 yards all year. It's not very good for John Ross. But for Kenny Galladay, obviously he gives himself a brand new home and a new quarterback. No longer Matt Stafford, but 
that Kenny Galladay signing, I love it personally. I, I hate that he has to he's gonna be playing against the Cowboys and torturing our defense, but overall, Danny Dimes, not a fan of him, but he actually has pretty good accuracy. And Kenny Galladay, when healthy, has proven this guy can be an ace out there on the field. And that contract he got, I mean, he's averaging over 18, 18 a year. He's killing it money bag wise. What do you what do you think he's gonna be doing this coming up season? I'm not sure. As far as fantasy goes, I'm a little skeptical. You know, when I when I had predicted him to go to the Giants, which, I mean, come on, man, a blind squirrel catches the, the wrong clock twice a day, right? I mean, yep. whatever that <laughs> saying is. I, you know, so I got lucky there. But, um, but when I was thinking about that, it made sense because it does add another piece to Daniel Jones where now it's make it or break it time for this guy. You know, if he can't do it this year and these guys stay healthy – then maybe he's not the guy. But I think from fantasy, Galladay, um, I don't know if he's going to have the value he did in Detroit because look in Detroit, him and Matt Stafford did have a great connection, but Galladay was like the freaking man there. And, you know, and their running back situation had always been murky before Swift got there and even afterwards. Now you look at this Giants offense as a whole, right? Sterling Shepard has been there for a few years. He, him and, him and Daniel Jones have a connection. Slade's not been there. They do have a rapport as well. Barkley's back. Don't forget Evan Ingram. Yep. And I think I like Daniel Jones as a top-end quarterback, too, this year. Possibly could get into the top 12 because of those weapons, right? I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. You know what? Because people sleep on his mobility. I'm not a fan of his, again, because I, as a Cowboys fan, I'm just not a fan there. But – Danny Dimes shows that he can get rid of the ball quickly. He's accurate, and this kid can kill you with those legs. Even though he doesn't look it, that boy can run. And Galladay helps his value for sure. If you have Daniel Jones in like a dynasty league, I really like that for this year because his value has definitely, I think, gone up. And so if all of those guys stay healthy, looking at everything in a vacuum, I I still think – I mean, I do like Kenny Galladay as – going to be as being the most productive wide receiver for fantasy purposes in that offense. But I don't think it's by too much. I think it goes Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, and then uh, Ingram probably. But, you know, Ingram being a tight end, I think he's worth a mid-tier pick to to plug in at tight end if you don't get one of the big guys. He's just – he's very talented still, and I just think – I still kind of believe in him. But, but I just think Galladay's value – he gets the security there, but I think at least for this season, his, his, his value takes a little bit of a of dip. Oh, no, 100%. It definitely does. Sticking with the NFC East, though, we mentioned him a little while ago with Fitzmagic. Good old Scary Terry gets himself a nice teammate, maybe someone that can take the pressure off of him, but not in the sense of being an ace number two the regular way. I'm talking about a gadget player, just a guy that can touch the ball and, and literally make things happen. And that's Curtis Samuel from the Panthers switching sides to the Washington football team. And now joining those guys, is is there any, like, high potential here for Curtis Samuel? Or is maybe this just a, a signing that we're just going to see him brush on by and it's going to be on to the next one? Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if, if he is the quarterback all season, you know, he's shown he can support and sustain two fantasy wide receivers in his offense. And so I really do think – and maybe I'm a little more hyped up on Curtis Samuel based on how he finished the season last year. But if you look in that offense, he was competing for targets with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And now going to Washington, he, he's played for Ron Rivera before. 
So there's some familiarity there, even though I don't, if I remember right, I don't think Rivera ran the offense, but, um, but he was still the head coach. So they obviously know each other pretty well. And I think any pieces of this Washington offense in any drafts this upcoming season, I want Gibson and who doesn't, right? Yep. Um, I want McLaurin yep. and I want Samuel. And to be honest, on all three of those guys, I'm probably going to be definitely willing to pay up in a draft to get those guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm crazy. I think Washington, and you're not going to like me saying this, they're going to win the division. And I think they could compete now that they've got this thing turned around they could get into that NFC championship game and surprise some people. And just maybe, just maybe Fitz magic can just have enough in him to maybe even get them to the Super Bowl. I don't know. The only thing they don't have going for them is talking about still keeping that stupid Washington football team name. Get a damn basket already. Get your life together. Okay. Yeah, Come on, yeah. Washington. Don't be a bunch of bums. Washington. I mean, be like the Washington warriors, keep the W whatever, but, Come on, man. It's just stupid to just run around town with no name. That's just ridiculous. But I agree with you. The Washington football team, they came out – I wouldn't say out of nowhere because that defense, they've been building. That all, that defense line just astronomically great. They they signed a nice uh, – um, some nice players on the defense side. And then Curtis Samuel on the offense. That that team just looks good. Obviously, Kennedy Galladay and John Ross adding to the – what is the New York Giants offense. Maybe that gets thrown together, but – you know, their, their defense still needs some work over there. The Dallas Cowboys, we already know, but the Philadelphia Eagles actually didn't really make any big changes at receiver. They'd lost uh, Alshon Jeffrey, so. No, oh, boo like, Yeah, right. Bye, Alshon. I, I hated when they won the Super Bowl because all the headlines were like, Alshon Jeffrey should be considered in the top wide receivers with DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and all these great receivers. And I'm like, no, man, what? not 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 even close. Like, get out of my face. He's not on Antonio Brown's level. He's just not there. But did you, on that note, real quick, did you happen to see the the quote from LaShawn McCoy um, where he had said, uh, talking about him being a Hall of Famer? And he said, yeah. And he threw out all his stats, which are, he should be a Hall of Famer. He should yes. be. But he said, I got two Super Bowl rings. Oh, my God. When he <laughs> added that, I was like, LaShawn McCoy, you know what? Even though you were Eagle and you killed Dallas. I 100% agree. You were a great running back. Your second contract, you were still great, bro. Like, no no shame. With the Bills, you did good, bro. Like, you did your thing. But for you to say, I got two Super Bowls, when me and you had the exact same amount of snaps in the Super Bowl, Mr. Shady McCoy, like, grow up, bro. Like, don't throw that out there. You were not a crucial piece of that Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs team. The, the Buccaneers probably forgot you were on their team, seeing as they drafted a running back and signed Leonard Fournette. Like, Grow up, Shady. That that is not the kind of thing that you should say out there. You're great running back, should be in the hall, but shut your mouth on those Super Bowls, my guy. Like, don't do that. Mm, yeah. Uh, sticking <laughs> with the NFC, the good old Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, again, they got DeAndre Hopkins in his first year with good old Kyler Murray. That worked out very well for them. They still got Christian Kirk, but they decided to add a veteran wide receiver and uh a buddy of ours, you know, he's a big fan of his, but A.J. Green now joins the Arizona Cardinals. Does he have any value in there, or is that a guy that, I mean, you seriously just look at it and you're like, you know what, he's just there for show. This is still the DeAndre Hopkins show. So there's there's two sides to the A.J. Green story, and I feel like I'm pretty firmly entrenched on one side. So on one end, A.J. Green – 
the potential Hall of Famer, the great receiver from years past of the Cincinnati Bengals, who was coming off the injury last year, and we think he can be he was going to be back to what he was. Not only was he not what he was, he was um, he, he, he was the furthest thing from that, right? Yep. And with the emergence of T. Higgins, that didn't help his situation. So on one side, he gets a fresh start. He gets Kyler Murray. He gets Hopkins on the other side. We know um, Christian Kirk has shown flashes, but let's be honest. If Kirk had shown more they wouldn't have made this signing of A.J. Green. True, true. So, so that's one side. And you could be thinking, oh, A.J. Green going to the Cardinals in an offense that's up-tempo, and he's going to get – that person that thinks that side of it is going to probably take him a hell of a lot higher than what I'm going to. Oh, yeah. Because I'm on the other side, mm-hmm. okay? The dude's washed. The dude's not good anymore. God bless him in his whole career. I mean – he played in Cincinnati for how long? And he dealt with their bullshit. Like, and he still put up Hall of Fame numbers. Oh, yeah. The guy is a wide receiver god in mm. Cincinnati and in the NFL. He, he really is. I, I really loved watching him play. But I'm not going to be the sucker that takes him in drafts upcoming. I will be happy to be wrong on him when we get to the end of the season, but I will not have him on any of my teams. I don't think he's even worth, you know, a back end bench spot unless you're in a 20 teamer and you can start six wide receivers. That might be the rare situation that I would consider taking him. He won't be on any of my teams. Yeah, no, I hundred percent. Well, me personally, if AJ green somehow makes it to like round 10, then I'd consider it because by then I'm picking some bench players anyway. So maybe, but again, I, I have to see what better options are out there because if for some reason I, I get a, a chance, I mean, Michael Gallup won't fall that far, but if he's there or even Jalen Rieger from the Philadelphia Eagles, like I, I would rather take my shot there than with an AJ Green. I'll uh, make a prediction real quick. Chad Hansen, I think his name is Chad Hansen, the from receiver Texans? from the Texans yep. who just got cut, by the way, from the Texans, he's wow. going to outscore A.J. Green fantasy-wise in next season. Oh, that's And bold. I don't even know where the hell he's going to play. I love it. That's great. That, that'll be a very great – if that would come true, holy sh- – ridiculous. That, that'll be a call for the ages right there. I'm such an asshole, dude, but, you know. It is what it is. I mean, we're here to yeah. make crazy calls. If they work out, you're welcome. We're that great. If they don't work out, why, why would you take our advice? We don't even get paid for this. Exactly. I'm not Matthew Barry. <laughs> Yeah, go go ask Matthew Barry for real advice if you want someone that gets paid and, and screws this up. Uh, moving uh, forward to the AFC because the AFC has they've had probably the most outrageous pickups of all time over there. We'll kick these off a little bit slow. The Tennessee Titans, obviously Corey Davis bites the dust over there, and instead they bring in good old Josh Reynolds. How do you feel about that signing? It's interesting. You know, Josh Reynolds was serviceable with when certain guys were injured out there in L.A. And with Corey Davis now going to the Jets, I am curious to see what Tennessee does in the draft. I think they're going to take one of these receivers as we, we kind of have an idea that the wide receiver depth in this draft is really deep. It may even be deeper than what last year's was. Mm-hmm. And we know what good of a class that was. Oh, yeah. So I think they may draft somebody, but 
Reynolds is a guy, okay, he's a guy that I think obviously will outscore a guy like A.J. Green, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they're going to have to someone to take up some of those targets. A.J. Brown can't just take everything. True. And Jonu Smith is gone. Now, Ferkser could be a guy up and coming. We don't know yet, really. But I think a guy like uh, Reynolds is someone that I, I might look to target late in drafts. He's a guy that if I can get in the 13th, 14th round, He's my fifth, sixth, seventh wide receiver that he's definitely worth taking a chance on because why couldn't he possibly do somewhat of what Corey Davis did last year in that offense? Very so I, I like it. Yeah, no, the, the, again, very good value, especially if you could pick him up in the later teen rounds and the early teen rounds, somewhere around there. That'll be a definitely good bench guy for you to carry around and maybe win you some games whenever you need it on bye weeks. Um, Rudy, what's up? You, you dro- you're dropping the ball here, though, bro. Okay, which one? I got I got to pick you up here. Okay, go ahead, pick it. When we took the shift to AFC wide receiver signings, um, aren't you forgetting another uh, signing? Say- better, I'm saving the best for last. Saving oh, the best for last. I, I know I know what you're talking about because that division right there, the AFCs, they did some damage. So we're getting to the one that one after we get to this next player real quick because the AFC, okay. those guys did out of all four teams. They did some magic, and we'll, we'll sprinkle on that right now. But this okay. last one, before we get to the AFC East, Sammy Watkins signs a deal, oh, a one-year deal with the Ravens. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, obviously Marquise uh, Brown, and uh, the fact that Lamar Jackson is not really known for throwing touchdowns just keeps me away from Sammy Watkins altogether. But is this a signing anywhere near worth it? No. No. I have to see it to believe it. You know, 100%. we have to see a few games and see what happens. But this is such non-news. Like, you know, I, it's like the Juju Smith signings. The, the oh, Juju yeah. signing back with Pittsburgh, like, it's not even news. And either did, – did he not – did Juju not turn down, like, $11 million extra yes. from Baltimore mm-hmm. to stay yeah, in Pitt? I think it was either 11 or 8, but he would have really got the same or more money to play for Baltimore to play against the Steelers. Stay for stay with broken ass uh, Ben Raplisberger allegedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know I, I, you know. So anyways, you know, going back to 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 the Ravens, Watkins. It's 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 non. It's a non issue at this point. Again, Marquise Brown can't do anything in that offense, and I I like him. I don't you know dislike him, but you know Watkins. His best years are behind him. Yeah, no. I, just with the Marquise Brown thing alone, I mean, that's a guy that I, I want him to succeed. But, again, just Lamar Jackson just either hates him or hates me, one or the other. But either yeah. way, that's not working out. So now we will get to that very great division with the AFC East in a team that you love so very much. Will Fuller switches gears from the Houston, Texas, where it's muggy. The armpit of Texas is terrible. Switch down to Miami where the sun is out, all the beautiful weather. It's amazing. And now goes plays with Tua. How do you see Will Fuller playing out in that offense over there? Well, I think he immediately takes over to the wide receiver one in that offense. Boom. Unless they unless they draft Jamar Chase outside of outside of him, them drafting him. Any other wide receivers that they get, Fuller is the wide receiver one. Chase is the only one that can overtake that. What about Devontae um, Smith? I had to see it. I'd have to see it for him to take over Fuller in year okay. one. In, in year yeah. one, only because he's a, he's a rookie. Yep. Um, and you know more about again, know more about it than I do. But Fuller just is going to completely open up this offense now, bro. Oh like, yeah, 
Um, he does miss the first game, but he did assure Miami that that was like a one-time thing with the the Peds and whatever. Which what else is he gonna say? We know yeah, this. But I liked hearing him say it. Now, what I like about this is it's a one-year deal. So number one, he's gonna be the wide receiver one. Number two. A lot of these free agents are taking these one-year deals. You know why? You know why. I know why. Let's tell the people why. Money. Because of the money. The salary cap is going to go up. The TV deal money is going up. That uh, Jeff Bezos money is going to be lining the pockets of guys like Will Fuller and um, shit, whoever, Leonard Fournette, whoever she want to talk about all these one-year deals. So Fuller is still in a contract year. Yep. So he is going to murder it. He is going to help Tua. He is going to help Flores. He is going to help everybody as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, hopefully he will, and he stays off the pads or he just at least doesn't get caught again. So I love it. I love it for the whole offense for Tua, for give everybody a bump up. And, again, like I talked about earlier, you know, Devontae Parker now steps down to wide receiver two, depending what they do in the draft, possibly wide receiver three. But if you're telling me you're going to run like, let's say, Devontae Smith and Fuller and Parker and Gasecki and then Najee Harris in that backfield, you're telling me that this isn't a team that can at minimum compete with the Bills for the division oh and maximum challenge the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, I'm not saying Miami is going to sit here and go to the Super Bowl. All I'm saying, and they have to just make the playoffs because they haven't in a while, but what I am saying is they're now becoming more than relevant, mm-hmm. more than mediocre, and reckoning time may be coming. Oh, yeah. And anyone's been talking shit to me all these years, you better watch out because I'm about to put you out to pass <laughs> if you're not careful. So I'm ready to roll. Be on the lookout, world. My boy Laz is hunting you down. Talking down on the Dolphins. Payback is on its way, boys. Oh, thanks (laughs) for the jersey, too, by the way. We'll have to post the picture. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, That's going to be pretty tight whenever we get that out. Uh, Which, again, you know, don't forget next year we're going to be playing for another. uh, We'll make some magic happen. Closer to the the season, we'll talk about that more. Get uh, some more fans out there involved and – yeah, maybe we can hook somebody else up with a little bit of some some and uh, make something happen for you guys. But uh, continuing on with the AFC East, again, we talked about how Corey Davis split from the Tennessee Titans, and it was to go sign a more lucrative deal with the New York Jets, a team that obviously at quarterback, they, they're undecided at the moment whether it's going to be Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Who knows what they're going to do with that number two pick or if they're just going to keep good old Sam Darnold. But Corey Davis, is that a guy that after the season that he just had, you take him into the top uh, six rounds? So if he if he had signed last year, if you go one year ago, if he had signed with the Jets, I would have been like his career's at the toilet, man. Yep. I mean, he's going to an Adam Gase offense. But now <laughs> there's a little bit of some hope because Gase is gone. Um, and Soleil, I know, is a defensive guy. So I don't know. Do, who's running the offense in the – the the, Jets, you know wow. what, for the Jets, I'm not really sure 100%, but, I mean, for the most part, just Corey Davis and, and and Sam Darnold, maybe that combo just – the Jets in general, their offense to me just – it it doesn't seem to get – like their running back. What are they going to do at running back at the moment? They, they can still draft one of these guys up there. They still need offensive line help to help protect these guys. Corey Davis to me just screams like he's going to be the only guy trying to do something in a team that 
you could get maybe a bunch of garbage points because they might fall behind quite a bit. Yeah, I, you know, Corey Davis, let's not forget, okay? This guy was a bust his first four seasons. Yeah. It was only till last season that he actually lived up somewhat to his top five draft pick, real life draft pick capital. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I'm not saying he's going to revert back to that because he could build on that momentum and he got paid and get, he got paid, which is good for him, man. That's great. But knowing his past fully and now going to a team like the Jets, not knowing what the quarterback situation is right now, I don't love him there. I will say this. I would not mind grabbing Corey Davis for my team if he is my wide receiver three or like a second back end flex. Um, that, or even maybe my first bench wide receiver that I can plug in if I have an injury or bye weeks. Mm, Honestly, I think that might be more where I kind of like to see him. Um, because you know, we don't know what the quarterback's gonna be there if Darnold, it's gonna be Darnold or Zach Wilson or whoever else. Um, so and I'll be honest, like, I feel bad for Darnold, man. Like, I don't like the Jets, you know, I don't like the Jets, but. You try having Gase as your fucking quarterback coach and offensive coordinator and head coach. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Point A, B, C, D, E, and F. Ryan Tannehill had his had this full, you know, coaching him. And now Sam Darnold's had to deal with the same crap. And he's had multiple coordinators, I think, too, in his career so mm-hmm. far. So the guy hasn't really been given a chance. I really hope he can get out of there and he can get a fresh start somewhere. Um, but sorry, that's, you know, not about Corey Davis more so. But – that being said, Corey Davis is my number one bench wide receiver. I can live with that. Nice. Uh, now for your season MVP, whenever we had this pod and uh, we did our episode on position uh, MVPs and stuff like that for fantasy football in 2020, your receiver of choice was Stephon Diggs. And I mean, obviously, great guy. He, he got a, he fell down in most fantasy drafts in 2020 and ended up having a stupid killer year over there with the Buffalo Bills. And now they add a nice secret weapon aside from him because they cut John Brown. He ends up uh, signing elsewhere. But they put Emmanuel Sanders. Good old Manny Sanders just will not die and pairs up number two to Stephon Diggs. How do you feel about that signing over there? Is that someone that can get you to some championships? I mean, maybe. You know, at least he has, you know, a young – amazing quarterback with an amazing arm. He hasn't seen that in a while because Drew Brees, you know, it was not very good there uh, as far as getting him the ball. Yep. Um, and then what, his last year Jimmy in Denver. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he had Garoppolo. Um, I don't know why I was thinking he was in uh, Denver. He was in Denver, too. That, they, but... He traded. He got traded from Denver to San Fran. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the last few years, he hasn't stayed healthy, part of it, and he has had bad quarterback play. So I am kind of curious to see how he does in this offense. I do still think Gabriel Davis is the wide receiver you might want more um, just because, you know, he's younger and they have, you know, some investment in him. But there's a reason that they signed Sanders, probably for that veteran presence to go along with Diggs and to continue to help Josh Allen grow. So Sanders is one of those guys that I would be fine taking a flyer on him late in a draft over a guy like A.J. Green like we talked about. Um, I don't know, just because 
I don't know. There's something about him that I, I just, you know, I think I think he could be a guy that could be underrated going into the season, and he might be one of those hot waiver wire pickups, you know, week one, week two, and a guy that you can stash if you get him in your draft late and then wait for him to pop. Yeah, I mean, that, that could definitely be the case. Um, another team and the last team in the AFC East, obviously they, they signed the, um, I would say, least most exciting players for the most part, but the New England Patriots, obviously Bill Belichick decided to open up the checkbook and went on a spinning spree for the first time in what feels like forever. But he ended up picking up Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar as receivers for good old Cam Newtown. Any thoughts on these guys? You know, and we can, to be honest, bro, we can always, we can go ahead and lump in Hunter Henry and John O. Smith go on there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, make it all a four for one. With everything that they did. So looking at like Bourne and Aguilar, I don't know. You know, at least they're getting Cam some a little bit better weapons than what they had last season. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but can we give up on the dream uh, that is what, Nikhil Harry? Can we give up on the dream that's Harry? You know, I do like Aguilar more than him. They signed Aguilar to so much money, though. Oh, yeah, that, that, like, that was ridiculous. I mean, I get he was drafted in the first round, but he had the that one good stretch with the with the Philadelphia Eagles before he left. And then with the Raiders, obviously, that's where he really came out came out into his own. But I don't know. The, the Patriots are just – trying to blow money, I guess, doing their thing. But either one of these two guys do anything for you in fantasy football? I think Aguilar, I put him in the same category as like maybe Corey Davis, okay. you know, uh, an off the receiver, off the bench wide receiver for your team. Um, and maybe with him and Cam, they can have a connection. But Cam's got to prove too that a year, a year removed from his injury now that he can throw the ball deep because as we saw last year, it was not good. Um, but hopefully maybe he can. Um, so I like Aguilar, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Um, Kendrick Bourne is not even on the, on the radar. Aguilar, I think it's the only receiver worth looking at. The two tight ends, I get from an NFL perspective why Belichick did that. But I'm sorry, for fantasy, they both cancel each other out. They mm-hmm. just do. I'm sorry. Neither one of them is – both of them are actually – I bet you Smith is going to get drafted a lot higher – then where I would be willing to take him. And if Henry is going a few rounds later, I'd rather just go ahead and take him if I'm going with one of the two. But with these guys, I don't want really to do with either one of them. Give me an Irv Smith. Yep. Give me a Gasecki. Give me – hell, if the Chargers don't get Pitts, give me Donald Parham. Yep. Um, you know, I so I, I just – I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big on – I, I, those those really disappointed me again. Added to the free agency mess of these two guys that we thought were going to go in these hot situations, yeah, and they end up with bull. Yeah, they they, they definitely screwed us out there. I mean, a lot of people, obviously, Pages fans are thinking to themselves, we have a Gronkowski Hernandez situation, and uh, no, about- no, can we stop that already? Gronkowski and Hernandez were their own guys. Okay, it'll never happen again. I'm sorry, oh, it's yeah. oh, it's over. Can we stop with with the comparisons. Definitely. I mean, period. The, the, the Patriots literally had a killer situation over there. I mean, they, we'll never see that again, you know. No, no, not pun intended. But it was a great situation with the tight ends that they had. Was, those guys were just phenomenal. And what these guys have, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I was never a big fan of Hunter Henry health situation. Well, John Smith, we'll see what happens. Um, the last one on receivers that I want to touch 
And the only reason I want to touch on this one is because we talked, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're getting Trevor Lawrence. That's like almost a slam dunk in the NFL draft. And we talked a little bit about how uh, they have DJ Chark, who we expect good things from. LaVisca Chenault was a guy that I had to hit in the way stash that you just somehow read my brain and uh, you did this stuff. But overall, how do you feel about these guys picking up Philip Dorsett and Marvin Jones? Any kind of hit towards the other guys that are there? So Marvin Jones, I, I do like. Um, I think he's going to pair really well with Shark and Lawrence. I really think it's going to be good. Um, Dorsett, no, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it, it ain't worth anything. I know Chris Conley, if I remember right, he signed somewhere else, so he's gone. Um, one, uh, The guy out of Oklahoma State, the, the fast dude, D.D. Uh, D. Westbrook, Oh, um, yes. He's gone too, right? Wasn't he like a free agent or something? Yeah, that, that, that was a guy that, I mean, I, I expected a lot because I was a fan. He, you know, he's from the Dallas area. So I, I was hoping he did good things. But that, that was just personally nothing that I expected great things from him. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to Marvin Jones, you know, he when he was covering for Galladay's injuries last year, he had some games that he had, what, you know, three touchdown games and stuff. So I think Jones – if you play best ball, Marvin Jones is a good guy mm-hmm. to have since you don't know which weeks he's going to blow up. But if uh, you're drafting, I don't mind him as one of these bench receivers that, again, bye week coverage, injuries, you can plug him in. And as long as I don't have a huge investment in him, I think he's a good flyer to take, take up on. Yeah, it definitely makes sense for good old Marvin Jones. I just – I hate they picked up two guys when I already had LaVisca Chenault in the waiting for some big things, magic to happen with good old Trevor Lawrence. But it is what it is at the end of the day. You know what? The NFL free agency, it, it's insane, and it's only getting, you know, a little bit crazy. There's still guys that are out there that you never know what's going to happen with. So we'll, we'll definitely stay tuned with that. Um, the NFL draft is less well, – from, from the time we're recording, it's about a month and three days away. We're super excited to get that out. We're going to have a, another draft person – Hit us up on our next show that, that will be joining us. We can't wait for that. It'll be our special guest. And we're, we'll talk about literally all teams and their draft, what we expect, maybe some first-round mock between us. We'll, we'll make some things happen. But as for free agency, Lance, you got any final thoughts for these cats out here listening to us? Um, I would just say, you know, there's still uh, – one guy in particular, I'm still curious as to where he's going to land, is James Conner, you know. He's still out there. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and to- even you mentioned Todd Gurley earlier, Le'Veon Bell. You know, it's crazy. And it's, it's, I think this is a good reminder for all of us that, that play fantasy. Think about those names, right? Take, well, not Connor. But think about Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, right? Three years ago, three years ago, Le'Veon Bell was your first overall pick, right? Yep. And Gurley – Two years ago or even three years ago was a top two, three pick. Mm-hmm. And now, like, they're not getting drafted in any of these dynasties I'm doing at all, and they're not even on real teams. Nope. So it goes to show you the running back position more than any other position is so fragile. And you have – if you can time it right, especially if you're in these dynasty leagues and selling high <clears> – <throat> Derek Henry is on that list right now – selling – high and getting out of these situations getting younger guys back into your lineup it's a revolving door man and the nfl uses and abuses these running backs it's all about being young and you just have to be aware of that when you're playing fantasy when you're looking at these guys I, you know 
in my original dynasty league, we've got, we've done three seasons in this league, right? In our draft three years ago, I had the, I don't know, the fourth or the fifth overall pick. I took Saquon Barkley. Nice. Um, he was going into his rookie year. You know who went two picks in front of him? I'm sorry. Who went first overall, if I remember right, first or second overall, Todd, Todd Gurley. Gurley. Yep. And you know who went like, who I was debating on between Saquon and, and Bell. he ended up going two picks after? David Johnson. Oh, oh, you know what? David Johnson was killing it over there in Arizona when, before he got paid. And then. And I almost took DJ there. Now, if I make that move and I take DJ, I guarantee you I haven't won those three ships in that league. Oh, yeah. No, that, that DJ bit me in the ass quite a few times in a few leagues. But good thing there were redrafts. And uh, I don't have to put up with that anymore. But it is what it is. But, again, you know what? Uh, I'm RDA. My boy Lance, don't forget, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, Late Round Flyers. Uh, we're always down to talk some fantasy football at all times. And uh, we, we definitely do our best to get back to you guys as quick as possible. However, don't forget, next show, we're talking about NFL Draft. Man, we are super excited about that. I know me personally, that is like heroin to me. Well, I can only imagine. I don't actually do drugs. But if that's what it is to those guys, like I'm addicted to the NFL Draft. I'm super excited about that. I'm, I cannot wait. And uh, hopefully you guys stay tuned and listen on because we're ready to talk some more scenarios that we won't get to see until about August or so. So from us to you guys, I'm RDA, my boy Lance. We love talking fantasy football, and we hope you guys stay tuned. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple, on iTunes, you know, whatever it is. Hit us up, share it to your friends, tell everybody that uh, we're here to talk some fantasy football. So until then, we'll catch you guys next time, all right? Have a great one.